0: Hello, I'm your host, Michaela Marshall, and this is Welcome to El Angel.
1: Hi, I'm your host, David Lindley. This is the Angel Season 5 podcast by a luchador and a luchadora. No Hellmouth? Hellmouth.
0: Oh, that's so cute. I got my own little name.
1: You do indeed. And now this, in fact, brings me to my first piece of research for the episode.
0: Oh, delightful! So soon (laughs) is
1: luchadora the correct term? It feels right. Is it though? (laughs) I'm gonna guess no. It is, in fact.
0: Wow! And
1: I have multiple. Well, I've got Wikipedia to corroborate this, but I've got two different Wikipedia articles to corroborate this. And the first (laughs) one that popped up when I searched luchadora was La Luchadora. Which is the name of a WWE professional wrestling character.
0: Wow. Like, is is this a current character?
1: So, between December 2016 and the next month, January 2017. (laughs) So, recent enough... That I'm like, it was very unexpected, I think. I thought this would be like an 80s or 90s thing. But no, within the past like three years.
0: But like it literally lasted for a month.
1: Uh, yeah. Maybe two. I don't know exactly when in December. Oh no. December 20th to uh, February 20th, so exactly two months. There you go.
0: So that's either that person just not being good at the thing, or people reacting very unfavorably to it.
1: It's so much better than option number one, because it was originally portrayed by Becky Lynch. La Luchadora was also portrayed by three other wrestlers. Jeez! In a two month stint and reading this article is just like, I know internally that wrestling is fake and that it is a form of like sort of soap opera style television at this point.
0: It, absolutely, yeah. But
1: it it really doesn't sink in. I don't have <laughs> experience watching WWE, so I hear that, you know, it the la luchadora comes out and she wins her first match and she unmasks herself and it's whatever wrestler becky lynch and then like later on becky lynch herself is attacked by la luchadora and then there are these three like what the fuck is happening it just doesn't sink in ever (laughs) that this is what this form of entertainment is you know
0: yeah it's honestly this very interesting thing to even exist because there are all these men who you know like this form of entertainment that has a bunch of burly men (laughs) wrestling with each other and Uh like yes also scantily clad very in shape women wrestling with each other yes i suppose there's that but then yeah has these crazy soap opera storylines and they're all so into it (laughs)
1: It is very bizarre. I don't know if any of our (laughs) listeners are really into wrestling, but I do not quite understand the appeal. Anyway, Angel, Season 5, Episode 6?
0: Yeah, The Cautionary Tale of Numero Cinco, original air date November 5th, 2003.
1: What an episode, Michaela.
0: What an episode.
1: A wild ride. The much-promised luchador mailman-in-the-background (laughs) storyline comes to pass, and it's about what i expected i think
0: i didn't have a terrible time no uh, i don't i don't think the episode is doing anything particularly interesting no but at the same time it caused me to slightly sympathize with angel
1: ooh so that's quite Which, interesting
0: not not while i was viewing the episode <laughs> but afterwards upon reflection I realized that I kind of had some sympathy. And like I guess we'll get to why later, but that's not some an emotion yeah. I am used to feeling in relation to Angel.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, what is he called this episode? Old Broody Pants?
0: Oh my god. There's some good ones. Spike's on fire. Except Spike, not really.
1: Yes, is yeah. on <laughs> metaphorical fire with what he's calling <laughs> Angel here. Uh, my interesting thing from the episode because as you know, you said it's not that I don't know, it's a better a luchador who used to be a demon fighter, but it's and like Angel no sees a reflection than that. of
0: himself <laughs> in this person. Can Angel That's stop
1: it. seeing fucking dark reflections of himself in the people <laughs> around him? Because two of the first five, sorry, six episodes are just that. Oh no, three, sorry, Unleashed. <laughs> So it's um, yeah. the one with Spike, uh, yeah. Just Desserts, I think is what it's called, or Just Reward. Um, reward, yeah, yeah. And then Unleashed, and now, yeah, Cautionary Tale. All I mean, <laughs> Angel seeing dark reflections of himself.
0: Like, to an extent, anytime Spike is in the room, Angel's doing that. Yeah. Because there are some scenes in Hellbound where they're having conversations True. about that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, my interesting thing from the episode is mostly how much more present Mexico is as a nation and idea, and how, like, real that nation and culture is than in my usual day-to-day. And the difference when you are, like, closer to Mexico, like maybe LA is, versus Canada, which, listen, like, many parts of Mexico are closer to me right now than Vancouver is. But Vancouver is much more present in the media and in my sort of day-to-day than Mexico is. And it's it's just weird to have this, like, you know, other culture be so prominently featured. And it's handled in a way where I'm like, I'm not sure I'd be comfortable having a bunch of demon-fighting luchadors in a show that I was making. But... Maybe if that's just more common, you know, like you got some Lucha Libre wrestling going on, you're, it's just more in the front of your mind.
0: And it's not as if they're saying, oh, this is a thing that's happening right now. They're saying this was 50 years ago right, when that kind of thing was probably more prevalent. Well,
1: (laughs) we can go into my other bit of research if we want. Oh my god,
0: look at you and all your research.
1: It's all luchador related.
0: (laughs) Of course, I mean, of course.
1: (laughs) But the Wikipedia page for Lucha Libre, the wrestling style uh, in which luchadors take part, is just so fantastic. And I think my favorite part of it is the picture of the real life statue of El Santo. The first prominent luchador fighter who wore a silver mask and is pictured here wearing a cape. Here, I'm going to send the the article to you. Delightful. So there are many things about this Wikipedia article that I find interesting. (laughs) The first one is that the (laughs) the article claims that the antecedents of Mexican wrestling date back to 1863. Jeez. Which, they're not saying, like, luchadors were there and wearing the masks. They're saying that this is when sort of the idea got started. And then early 1900s, like, professional wrestling in Mexico starts to take off. And 1942 was when El Santo started wrestling. Uh, And then around that same time, it sort of exploded into the States as well as in Mexico. Just getting better known. Which gives it a longer history than I would have thought. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I love this statue. By the way, I'm now on the article. Isn't it so good? It is fantastic. Oh yeah.
1: goodness! Yeah, lot lot to love about Lucha Libre, apparently. Well,
0: it's it's a pretty exciting type of entertainment, especially yes. in 1942 or whatever.
1: And there's, it's known for a lot of high-flying maneuvers, as Wikipedia puts it. And <laughs> yeah, I'm all about that. And they are in ample display in this episode of television.
0: Oh, they absolutely are. And it's got an edge of silliness, obviously, to it. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, it's easy to believe that these brothers were these heroes to people and were loved by people. <laughs>
1: I love, God, all of the different scenes of Los Hermanos Numeros, with yeah. them standing around in their numbered masks. Just
0: always, they got the
1: masks. <laughs> always the masks, and they're romancing beautiful ladies, they're lifting <laughs> weights, they're playing cards, but always smoking. in the masks.
0: <laughs> yeah. All what right. You guys lifting weights and smoking, actually, which I loved.
1: <laughs> this episode starts off, we've got some security guards getting killed, and dock workers, blah blah. blah.
0: It's a security guard and a Plumber, they're killed by something we can't see. I have a a fun note about this, though, because this is the longest cold opening in the whole series up to this point. Wow. At six minutes and 18 seconds.
1: It is lengthy. Uh, Mm -hmm. I gotta wonder what it's doing for our episode, though, because it's setting up that people are dying. (laughs) And it
0: it ends at a weird spot.
1: Yeah, it ends with what, Carlos getting attacked and like pushed down and a shadow appearing above him?
0: I think it even maybe goes into number 5. Oh, pushing his mail card.
1: Oh, and yeah, like, I think it does. Maybe
0: it ends when he throws Angel through the window?
1: Right. Yes, that is when it happens.
0: But that feels really wrong, right? Oh,
1: very Veronica Mars of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. I have another fun fact. There's a Wilhelm scream when is. Carlos is thrown through the air. <laughs> Wilhelm
1: scream as fuck. I loved it. <laughs> It's just so distracting and it's such a weird scream. God.
0: Yeah. It's and it's you're like why is anyone still <laughs> using this friggin' thing? And my one last piece of trivia, because apparently we're fuck? just front loading all everything. of our trivia. Yeah. So the writer director of this episode, Jeffrey Bell, who I don't know a lot about because I'm not as familiar with the writers and directors of Angel, mm-hmm. but I presume he's worked on many other episodes. Apparently, he always he used to work on the X Files, and he always wanted to work Mexican wrestling into an <laughs> X Files script, but like it, it just never worked. And then he went to Joss, and he was like, "I need to do this," and Joss said, "You live your dreams," you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, good guy, Josh. Direct,
0: direct quote, Jeffrey Bell said that he was able to realize his lifelong dream to tell a story about Mexican wrestlers. <laughs> so good for you, Jeffrey Bell.
1: <laughs> Living his best life, and I am happy uh, to see it happen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, after that, we go into what I have described as hot luchador action, oh. watching... <laughs> <laughs> Number five, the elderly man pushes so mail cart old. around the office collecting mail. Like,
0: he's at least 70, right? I think so. I think that's, because it was about 50 years ago, and he would have been probably in his 20s at that point. Yeah. yeah. yeah right. Sounds so that about right. So hot action.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> Listen, I'm excited to see more luchadors in this show, and he is getting <laughs> front and center for the first time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We got some bit with Lorne and Fred. Fred's being fantastic at the whole woman thing, you know, knowing all about birthdays and why you shouldn't send a card. That's all good times.
0: When Lorne said something about a decade of turning 29, that really resonated with me.
1: I can't imagine why.
0: I've just turned 29 for the second time, so I have that to look forward to.
1: Uh, I'm never going to talk about that.
0: (laughs) Fuck it. Fuck it.
1: Yep. <clears throat> anyway, yes, it is good times. Gunn is being super good at his job as he is talking to Angel and signing some amazing contracts, apparently.
0: It's very much this thing of Angel feels pretty useless because he is. Because Gunn's <laughs> gone away, done all this work, set these great things up, and he just needs Angel's signature. And then Angel could go back to his busy day. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oof big oof
0: <laughs> oof yeah it's a big oof
1: <laughs> so yeah angel's feeling disconnected he wants to be back in the rough and tumble they use the word disconnected like 12 times in this episode so many and they start times. making fun of it towards the end
0: this show is pretty good at being self-aware oh yeah and like i mean as we said this episode is another one where angel's doing this like dark reflection <laughs> thing but it's poking fun at it a lot more than they have Definitely. so far yeah which well, i found to be pretty refreshing
1: <laughs> yeah especially because he's he is in this episode a dark reflection of <laughs> a 75 year old luchador <laughs> so yes yeah. they're gonna be poking a bit more fun at it this time
0: uh, I don't remember what Spike says in this scene, but he does the angel voice <laughs> that I would argue we have been doing on this podcast.
1: Oh, yeah. We have been <laughs> nailing it. Spike nailing knows what's it. up.
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, goodness.
1: Wes shows up with some bad news. A few people have had their hearts cut out pretty pretty recently.
0: So the luchador mailman is, is here at this point. Mm-hmm. And I think you can kind of see him in the background starting to look kind of panicky.
1: Yeah, there's a quick shot of him being like, oh, uh, oh, and he turns the card around and starts moving, you know, beaten feet away from there.
0: Yeah, and they're trying to give him some mail. He misunderstands, uh-huh. ends up throwing Angel through a window. It's all really fun. You
1: it know? is. Again, weird place for a cold open to end, but sure. We get the message: Don't mess with the Luch.
0: Right, because he's, as we said, probably seventy-five, and he's just hucking Angel around like it's no big deal.
1: Mm-hmm. Very, very intimidating. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then we go into a bunch of like confusing stuff—not confusing, but you know, a lot of stuff is happening. The Luchador's been fired. Security is escorting him out. They've got to control the message about like, did Angel attack uh, an octogenarian? Uh, or was he bravely defending himself against an octogenarian? Was he doing an evil thing by attacking this octogenarian on purpose to curry favor with the clients? Ugh.
0: I love it because Spike immediately tries to start this rumor that Angel attacked an old man. And it takes off like wildfire. It
1: works so well. Oh god! Like 30 seconds later, Lorne yeah. is busting in here being like, Angelkins, I heard you attacked an old man. <laughs>
0: And it was like, "What? No, I he threw me through the window." <laughs> yeah, and you're like, "Oh, no one buying that, buddy."
1: <sighs> no. Not got at Got my all. first
0: picture mm. when uh Lauren and Fred are both here, and oh. I was delighted to capture both of their outfits. <laughs>
1: Shit. What the fuck is the same... happening with Fred?
0: It's a great question. Oh,
1: no. How did I miss that?
0: <laughs> so I've called this picture Twofer, because I got them both. Oh. Um, <sighs> I so this is <laughs> strange as it, as it is to say, a subdued look for Lorne? It is,
1: yeah, because it's just like a cream-colored suit, and that's pretty reasonable. It's yeah. still a very large blazer, and the lapels on his shirt are coming out quite large, but for Lorne, this is incredibly laid back.
0: And the shirt's nice, it's sort of oceany and blue, and it yeah. all works as as usual, it just is not, like, it's not a mustard suit, you
1: know? Fred is oh, giving us something standards. different. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what this outfit is trying to be. It's trying to distract you as to where her waist actually is. I'll tell you that much.
0: There's no way to know. It's trying to make it
1: look like her waist is about at rib level. I'm going to say, because this skirt that comes out the bottom and like is pretty short. Seems to just yeah. go up and be attached at the ribs.
0: Yeah, it's pretty short, and then it's also sort of like a schoolgirl. I mean, it's a pleated skirt, mm-hmm. so it comes off as being very schoolgirl. And then the top is sort of it's very peasanty <laughs> and flowy. And I don't know, it doesn't make any sense at all with uh, the skirt.
1: I want that to not be a an accurate fashion technical term and just be like, ah, it looks like a peasant. And we got another missing person case. Well, missing heart oh, no. case.
0: Yeah, there's a bit of that going around. It's happening so rapidly.
1: So rapidly. We were at like three or five before and now there's another one in like another half hour.
0: (laughs) Some guy just shows up and hands
1: Wes a piece of paper and Wes is like, oh no, another one. (laughs) Yeah. So very silly. This one seems like it might be linked to Dia de los Muertos. Ooh, spooky or spicy. No, spooky. (laughs) Definitely (laughs) on the spooky end of the spooky, (laughs) spicy spectrum.
0: Oh, well, that's phenomenal We need to start rating things on the Spooky Spicy Spectrum <laughs> I think we do What's at the center of the Spooky Spicy Spectrum?
1: Uh, hmm. It's not Sassy
0: <laughs> oh. Is it Sassy? Maybe
1: I No, I feel like Sassy is on the spicy end of the Spooky yeah. Spicy Spectrum
0: Like Sassy is towards Spicy Yeah,
1: definitely <laughs> And it, I don't know, is it a triangle? But then the spectrum doesn't work that well. No. But I could see, no. Because yeah, sassy is like, not a subset of spi- uh, spicy, but related concept. I don't think it's that's certainly a certainly on the axis. way to spicy, Yeah.
0: I think. I think if you're being really sassy, then maybe you're into spicy, right?
1: I think so, yeah. What is, uh, hmm. <laughs> We'll, we'll, we'll get back it. to this, we'll, yeah. We'll come
0: back to it. <laughs> we'll circle back around, it's fine. Yeah.
1: Anyway, the gang has got to go investigate this, so they have to hop into the most ridiculous car and go after whatever bad guys they can find.
0: So this struck me as being Angel's original car.
1: Oh. Like,
0: this is the car he used to drive around when he could only go out and drive around at night.
1: Oh, yeah, his convertible. I mean, why, yeah. as a vampire, I- do you have a convertible? <laughs>
0: But this car, like, I didn't even bat an eye. It looks so familiar to me. Oh, so it's I think...
1: insane. It's like the Angel Mobile.
0: It's the Angel Mobile. Yes, that's what it is. <laughs>
1: but it, like, in, like, a 1960s Batman style.
0: Yeah, like, that's what he, that's the car he has. He's just Batman, okay?
1: <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> Have we skipped over, it might actually be lower, or should we talk about that later?
0: I don't know when that happens, so let's just do it right now.
1: Because Angel is wearing another button-down shirt. And he has taken that as an instruction. He has buttoned it down.
0: <laughs> down, yeah. I I think it's getting lower.
1: How many buttons like, is he missing? I can't see them, but uh, like trying it's to count hard to... two, three, four. I think there's like four buttons undone here. That's it's scandalous, right?
0: At some point, he's gonna be doing button watch, but he won't have a shirt underneath. <laughs>
1: Right? (laughs) Oh, man. This is the subtle prophecy. This is our sun AM type shit. You know? Angel's Angel's shirt is counting down to a special event.
0: On a pretty related note, <laughs> I was walking outside the other day, uh-huh. and I passed a person, and you have to understand, listeners, it's like 30 plus degrees Oh my god, here. it's so I mean, it's, hot. It's really hot. Canadian. It's, for, Canadian yeah. degrees. It's, yeah. That's like it's a thousand
1: hot. Fahrenheit.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I passed a, a young man, let's say, who was wearing a black hoodie, okay? Oh. Except he was wearing no shirt under it, and it was unzipped to his belly button. What? What? <laughs> And he was walking towards the subway as if he meant to board it. What? And you're like, I don't think you're allowed on there dressed like that. That's
1: not That's not appropriate going out. That's it's
0: a strange experience. Like, was he? He must have been so hot, but he can't take the sweater off because that's all he has.
1: But why, why do you have the sweater and no shirt underneath <laughs> I, it? I don't know. <sighs> Boy. Okay, well, I mean, this seems like a, a good time to talk about the quotable note of the week.
0: Message for you, sir! Write that down! Write that down! Write that down! Don't quote
1: me! Write that in your copybook now.
0: Ooh.
1: And for that, I'm actually going to need to send you a picture. Okay. <laughs> so there I am, walking along the street, and I pass an advertisement and I go, what the heck's that for? And I'm processing and I'm walking and I'm processing and I'm walking. And then I'm like, no. No, it can't have been. That that can't be real. So I turn my little self around and I start trotting back. <laughs> and I take a picture of this thing. Cause I don't know if you can read this. I
0: can't. I'm trying to make it bigger.
1: Alright. So I'm
0: gonna I'm gonna download it and, and then I'll be able to zoom.
1: Yes. This advertisement shows a bride <gasps> with two bridesmaids behind her on a Vespa oh my scooter. God. Oh the my God. text of the advertisement says, Get the party started. And the subtext says brighten the smiles of everyone in your bridal party for a special group price and you're like wait what i I thought this was i thought this was a wedding advertisement but no motherfucker it's for dr (laughs) joe Simmerdone family dental care there is a dentist offering a group package price on bridal party teeth whitening (laughs)
0: honestly i'm i'm not that shocked by this
1: (laughs) I was incredibly shocked. And I've just written down underneath in disbelief, bridal party dentistry? Why? How are you not shocked by this? What the fuck, sir? Like. <laughs> Get an early start on your Christmas. Dentistry! You know? That would make more sense to me.
0: Because it's teeth whitening and people are going to go get their teeth whitened for their wedding.
1: As a group? Is that like, hey Maybe. girls, we're paying... Oh, this is the other question. Is it the bride that pays for the entire group? Or do you get dragged along as a bridesmaid mm, to a forced. teeth whitening that you have to pay for <laughs> as a group?
0: Ooh, that's a great question. I think that depends on the bride, you know? <gasps> like, like so my, my thinking here really is, how is this... How different is this from a mani petty that ever, all everyone goes together to get?
1: A mani petty is a social experience in which the participants can talk to each other.
0: That's true. You think you can't talk through your teeth like <laughs>
1: <laughs> I posit that it would be difficult.
0: It probably would. Hmm. Yeah. So I'm not saying I'm going to go sign up for this, but I'm sure, like, I can see there being people who are excited about this group discount.
1: (laughs) Huh. It's so baffling to me. I loved it. Anyway, did the double take, got the picture of it. Happy I did. It's bonkers. What will they try to sell to wedding parties next? Listeners, if you have anything like this... Please send it our way. I'm so excited to see it. Uh, The more ridiculous, the better, obviously.
0: But I have a silly thing that happened to me this week. Oh, excellent. And and like, it made me feel like I was insane. So I'm not sure. I don't, I still don't really know what happened. So, okay. I was, I was at softball and I was warming up beforehand. Right. So normally what I do is I go on a little like 500 meter jog around to get my legs warmed up. So I'm, I'm jogging and we were by a soccer field in a park. So there are other people around. And so there's this woman there with her son. They're like on the soccer field. And as I'm running by her... She's like, "Is it hot out?" <laughs> and I'm like, "What?" She's like, "Is it is it hot outside?" We were both outside, <laughs> okay.
1: Like- uh, <laughs> it's as hot as it feels. What what sort of balls ass question is that?
0: So. Drone, uncertainly,
1: <laughs> what I was meant to
0: say. I was just like, oh, well, the breeze is nice. It's not as <laughs> humid as yesterday. Okay. And that seemed to satisfy her. Did it? So I... Uh, uh, <laughs> Why? Why? i don't know
1: okay because i'm thinking like the correct response to this the response that gives this person the experience they desire is yes it's about 30 with humidex and that's like you know instead of asking what temperature is it they're asking is it hot and they've they've made a mistake obviously we can all agree on that but but the fact that they're satisfied by you saying that the breeze is nice none of this makes any sense
0: it really seemed like the fact that i was running she thought i had some additional information <laughs> because of that That <sighs> she was not was not available like, what? To her. yeah what do you mean <laughs>
1: You no. you are the worst judge of temperature at that point because yeah. you're hot already. Uh, yeah. You're running. Uh huh. I know. Yeah. <sighs> huh. Okay. It is
0: so weird. Is she it asking is a...
1: like for personal information or does she want to empathize with you? <gasps> is she like, do you find it hot or maybe yeah? Maybe if you had said no, I'm cold all the time, that would have been satisfying. Wow. <sighs> and like it's one of those things where if it had been
0: a male person my first thought would have been that they were hitting on me and didn't know how to do it yes
1: right absolutely
0: and so i mean that could be her deal too i'm not just because she has a small child that doesn't mean that she wasn't hitting on me i suppose but i love the audacity of
1: that opening line (laughs) (laughs) oh shit no see because what happened is you interrupted her because she was saying, uh-huh. is it hot outside? And you panicked and said the breeze is nice before she got a chance to say, or is it just you?
0: Right. In front of her child. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Child's going to learn a thing or two, okay?
0: Yeah. So, oh, <laughs> <it> is unsettling. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, like, the idea of aiming a pickup line at a person who's running in the first place. Like, a jogger. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I love everything about that.
0: Oh, boy.
1: Thank you so much for sharing. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Right. Everyone's on the road in the Angel Mobile. Spike is tagging along and Angel gets a classic Angel tingle.
0: Oh, no. (laughs) He does, doesn't he? Yeah. And of course, I mean, he can't like warn anyone. No, no. No, no. He has to dramatically turn the car 180 and stop at the side of the road.
1: Very good stop. He should be a stunt driver of some sort.
0: Nay, yeah.
1: But yes he has smelled blood from a fresh victim and these things are dropping like flies, man. Oh boy.
0: It's rapid. Very. This guy's not, he's not wasting time. No, definitely
1: not. So yeah, they find this dead body. They're like, okay, seems pretty fresh. Angel smelled the blood, blah, blah, blah. This thing, whatever is doing this must be pretty close. And indeed it's right behind them.
0: Uh Oh, is she behind me? No, I'm in front of you. (laughs) Yeah, it's literally, literally right there. Wes has a shotgun and proceeds to shoot the thing directly in its, like, half-chest armor (laughs) over and over again?
1: Listen, I applaud his thinking and his gumption, you know? He's doing the best he can, sure. I mean, he's hitting center mass, but that's typically what you want to aim for. You're gonna rise up a little bit. Whatever. He's at least got a shotgun and he's trying to do something, you know?
0: It's true. And I mean, guns try to get in there. Angel's made himself a sword
1: mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: to fight this guy with.
1: It mostly goes to a standstill and the gang is forced to flee as the su- sun starts to come up.
0: There's a really weird moment where the demon guy pushes a dumpster at Angel. <laughs> And the way that it's shot, it looks like Angel just stands there and takes it.
1: (laughs) It looked to me like Angel was like, oh yeah, I can take this dumpster. And like keeps walking towards it only to get smacked out of the way by it. Yeah. Poorly shot. He just
0: makes, he makes so little attempt to move. It's, it just looks really
1: stupid. Looks really weird. But yes, they are forced to flee. And we go back to the lab where we get Mr. Grumpy Pants from Spike.
0: I think it's General Grumpy Pants. General
1: Grumpy Pants. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. The, with the salute oh, and everything.
0: Just delightful stuff. Yeah, they've managed to get some blood from the thing, so that they give Fred some science words to say about <laughs> oh, it. Oh, so many science
1: words. <laughs> How did you like these science words?
0: Uh, they were pretty biology, so I was fine with them.
1: Yeah, Hema yeah. <laughs> and things like that.
0: Yeah, I'm like, I don't know what she's saying. It could be real. (laughs) Yep.
1: (laughs) It's definitely not. But yeah, they're going to scrape some blood off the axe and see what comes of that. Who knows, man. But Wes is doing research of his own. And for the first time, those fancy books that you hyped up so much in our seasons one through four actually gets brought up.
0: He's finally using the fancy books. They're so useful. They're so useful. It makes it so easy
1: to research. Although I do find the fact that there's like a sub index of these books mm. really weird because if you're holding the histories book let's say you can speak into it the name of any history and open up and then th- boom it'll be there but if you look for a prophecy book you'll get like the eh. and <laughs> it'll be like prophecies not found please consult prophecy tome
0: <laughs> which yeah like that really implies that every book is very specifically either a history book or a demon book or a prophecy book and i would guess most books are just a mix of all those things right
1: aren't, yeah. aren't they especially in this world where vampires are real you'd think you know so yeah and like why why does it have to be these other indices why is it not just one book And like a bunch of copies of it that are enchanted the same way. Anyway, dumb magical items. That's fine though. But they are very fancy. And I'm excited to see it.
0: And Wes has his whole team. No Rutherford Cirque, (laughs) but that's fine. He's got the rest of the team.
1: The rest of the team is here. Yeah. And he gets a brief but antsy visit from Angel, who, again, he got a bit of a dust up, but he wants more.
0: He's trying to get involved with this research thing to help him feel useful. And then he realizes that Wes has these fancy books and an entire team who are going to be much better at this than him. So he sort of has to like slink away again.
1: Only to be replaced by Spike, who shows up and starts bothering Wesley. And gets a nice load of exposition about the prophecy of Shanshu.
0: Which, it turns out, he did think was specifically about Angel. Wait, what? He thought it was about Angel. And this is the episode where he learns that it's not specifically about Angel. Right,
1: yes, yes, yes. Okay. And yeah, when he hears the description, he's like, wait, apocalyptic battle. (laughs) (laughs) Self-sacrifice. I did that. I was just there. Right.
0: And it's like six episodes in and all those points you were making in the first episode about how, hey, didn't Spike just do this? Yeah. (laughs) Finally, finally, we're bringing those up. We haven't
1: been talking about the Shanshu thing much, so that's fine. Whatever. Uh, Who cares? But yes, Tall, Dark, and Dreary comes up Mm, as another excellent angel nickname.
0: Oh, that one's one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, Spike's pretty interested in this because his whole thing is, you know, he finally did this great thing. Angel's been doing all these shitty things. Why does it have to be Angel? Why should it be Angel? And it doesn't have to be, is the answer. And he's kind of excited about that. Except, you know, still a ghost. So that puts a bit of a wrench in still his Still a
1: ghost, but not technically a ghost. It's also interesting because this whole, you know... Maybe she was born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline type stuff. Came up on Buffy last season as Buffy was like, all y'all fucks have to listen to me. I'm the Slayer. And they're like, you're not better than us. You're a Slayer. And you were just lucky as you were born this way. So yeah, retreading a lot of the same lines.
0: I love the idea that Buffy said all y'all fucks.
1: (laughs) Can't you picture Sarah Michelle Keller saying that?
0: Such a different show. (laughs) Oh Oh, good.
1: Wes finds some information on the demon and about how it was defeated fifty years ago, almost to the day, by five brothers.
0: Ooh, five heroes. Brothers. What a nice round number fifty.
1: Oh, I love that we're still going back to this. Yeah, yeah. No, I I fully knew where you were going when you said (laughs) what a nice I was like, Oh yeah, I'm right there. I know it. I know it's the ghost story, and for some reason, after 37 and a half years, of course, 37 and a half!
0: And, like, there's nothing actually special about the number 50. We're just humans, and we want there to be nice patterns in things that we like. Uh,
1: Something better than, like,
0: 18
1: and three quarters years ago!
0: so bad oh my god that episode was so
1: long ago so long ago so long in real time (laughs) but we haven't fucking given up on it
0: it's bullshit
1: and it should know it
0: it should okay right
1: anyway five brothers they're like okay we got this figured out we just fired a man with the number five on a luchador mask
0: (laughs) on his head on his head at all times
1: so angel goes to his place to talk to him
0: Again, why are they sending Angel? They have such personable people, you know? This is
1: a very good point, yeah. (laughs) Angel has a real protagonist syndrome going on. (laughs) It's just like, why Angel? Because he's the hero. Because the show is called Angel.
0: Yeah. Uh, So here he is. He's going to talk to another person because it works out all the time. It
1: does not work out at all. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of fighting between this, again, 70-plus-year-old man and angel, who is, in fact, older. So, you know, who's the real senior Mm. citizen?
0: That's true. That's very true. Right, so, yeah, as we've said, alluded to, this 70-year-old man used to be one of the luchador vigilantes (laughs) who help the helpless. (laughs) Uh
1: (laughs) Uh-huh. Los hermanos numeros.
0: Yeah, I tried to get them all in one picture. This was the best. I I think I cut out number yeah, three. Yeah, we have got
1: one, yeah, two, four, and five with <laughs> yeah, th- <so> that's pretty <laughs> one good. shoulder of number three in the background. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I love their antics. I love the extended luchador <laughs> sequence that we have. It's oh, yeah. It's definitely trying to fill time in a weird way. And I'd say a lot of this episode is trying to fill time in a weird way. Like, we'll talk about the little people fight later on, but... Ooh, yeah. <laughs> uh, like... Just uh, how much luchador fighting do we need to get? Because we get a lot of it. (laughs)
0: Well, I mean, here's my counterpoint. This episode was made by a man (laughs) whose dream it was
1: to include
0: Mexican wrestling. Fair
1: point. You got me. Dead to rights.
0: This is the point of the episode. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, you know, the brothers are here. They're they're heroes in the ring. Women love them. Men want to be them. They protect the innocent. They seem like pretty great guys.
1: (laughs) Their whole training sequence and then... God, one of them gets a phone call and says,
0: The devil has built a robot. And they always do this clapping thing when they're about to go somewhere. <laughs> and they're
1: all shouting Andele together. Oh god, so fantastic, and I love this robot devil joke that comes up later yeah. too.
0: <laughs> Oh, and Wes says it so seriously. He's so oh. serious about it. His his like super straight delivery of things <laughs> is really. It's a perfect spot for him. It's gotten me.
1: so much better so than now that he's so grizzled too.
0: Yeah, it really works. Yeah. (sighs) I've got a quick picture, because I was honestly strapped for pictures this episode. Taking a picture of these lovely women Mm -hmm. that are fawning over the Hermanos Numeros. Both of whom are wearing this very Asian style of dress. They are, yeah. And, like, I don't know if that was just a style of the time, but I thought it was interesting, given that, like, presumably this is Mexico, or perhaps LA in, like, a more Hispanic area. And just, like, the fact that both of them are dressed like this. And then the the one with the red dress has this sort of um, thing tied in her hair mm. that just is sort of like a gauzy short scarf type thing. I don't know. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting. Also,
1: you've captured Numero Tres in the background.
0: Oh, you're right. I did it. I got them all. You
1: got them all. Well done. Got the set. <laughs> Your full set. So, yeah, we see them yeah. fighting evil and we hear Numero Cinco tell us about how they fought this Aztec demon that comes back, uh, four of them died, he ran away, was very depressed for quite a while, and then Wolferman Hart offered him a job, apparently in the mail room, which seems like an act of charity? It seems, seems weird. A strange. Yeah.
0: Seems very strange. Yeah, it's a pretty sad story, right? Is. I mean, this is, his, this is his brothers, they do everything together, they're fighting together, and then he's the only one left, and... Like, I'm, I, I sympathize with him a lot more than I sympathize with Angel. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the uh, the lawyer that shows up hands him a card that says, Wolfram Reinhardt, attorneys at law. And they have incorrectly pluralized attorneys yeah. as apostrophe S. Yeah, I thought
1: I noticed that too. And I was too lazy to go get a picture of it. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, that's a green grocer's comma. Take that out of here. You're lawyers. <laughs> right, they're lawyers. That's a business card. It's a business card. Also... <laughs> what prop maker like haven't they shown wolfram and hart that logo enough did they so many times how, how they did like they fuck it up this time cut to
0: it constantly right
1: how did they yeah. add an apostrophe after attorney
0: oh it's very embarrassing
1: so yes the attorneys have an at in their law <laughs> I
0: guess, oh, or yeah. their
1: law is of the at variety yeah. I
0: don't even want to think about it. it makes me, it makes my head spin. Bad times. Simply spin. Bad times. Yeah.
1: And we get even more tragic as Numero Senko takes Angel to see what the brothers are remembered as nowadays. And it's a lucha libre fight with one giant man who I think is supposed to be the demon and these yeah. five brothers all played by little people. And I'm like, "Oof, that's again, this this man had a lifelong dream. <laughs> to make an episode of television about lucha libre but uh yeah this is certainly happening
0: i mean this it's supposed to be like a how the mighty have fallen like this is what we're reduced to but at the same time you're sort of thinking like who in their right mind is coming to watch this
1: yeah i don't like i don't have a problem with it sensitivity wise in the episode i have a an issue with it like content and padding wise Where I'm like, couldn't they have spaced things out a bit more? Because we get a lot of rushed exposition in this episode. (laughs) Couldn't they have done something different with it and not had this moment in here?
0: Uh. And I mean, we're talking about a lot of voiceover. Oh, a lot of voiceover. Generally speaking, I think voiceover is considered to not be good TV. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Well, it's telling and not showing
0: yeah which is like the opposite of what a tv show should really be doing Mm -hmm.
1: indeed it is yeah yeah i really like angel's moment here as he's (laughs) brutally monologuing and talking about how this applies to his own past and you just gotta pick yourself i was not listening to or writing down anything that angel said but the punchline is that mid monologue number five has escaped from this (laughs) and hopped on a bus.
0: Oh yeah, he's tired of this nonsense oh, yeah. too. He's like, I don't got time for no this. No one does. Yeah, I mean, Angel was basically trying to lecture this man about doing too much brooding, and you're just like, excuse me, you are gonna come in here and tell this man he's brooding too much? Who do
1: you think you are? <laughs> yeah. Oh jeez. We get a lot more exposition about the demon takes the hearts of heroes apparently
0: yeah yeah and i mean is this gonna give angel a bit of a complex (laughs) in a minute yeah it sure
1: is (laughs) well yes indeed because angel's like okay i've gotta i've gotta stop it from taking the hearts of any more heroes and i'd better watch out myself I'm something of a (laughs) hero, you know. And then he goes out and he's like, oh no, the demon has found me and wants to take my heart. And it pins into the roof of a car or the hood of a car with a sword. And he's like, oh no, this is it for my heart. And then it just doesn't. It's like, eh, not you. And walks away and he's like,
0: what the hell, man? Yeah. And it's like, hey, Angel, you know all those things you've been feeling about how maybe you're not the hero you used to be? Well, here's a literal, physical example of that right in front of Here you. Here is proof. <laughs> yep, here's literal. I mean, people try to refute this proof. It doesn't go great for them. <laughs> it does not. So. <laughs> Although, his heart would be a pretty gross, dried-up husk. Yeah, it's
1: true. Wouldn't it? <laughs> I, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> would it? He he can still conceive a baby with Darla, apparently. <laughs> I don't know what the status of the organs is.
0: When he gets cut, he bleeds, right? Does
1: yeah, right?
0: I think. I mean, does he get cut a lot? He gets cut in this when episode, Spike but it doesn't cut, get shown.
1: Yeah, Spike yeah, bleeds. Yeah, when Spike
0: gets cut, he bleeds. So, like, you gotta have a pumping heart, don't Spikes you? Spike's fresher. To oh
1: no, well, you don't have to have a pumping heart. It maybe it's just like no. seeping out, but there's still blood in okay. there, right? It's not like everything's <laughs> atrophied. Otherwise, he'd be this gross, like mummy.
0: Right, and they have to drink blood. Yeah, so they're filling up the blood stores with more blood.
1: Blood pressure must be off the charts. (laughs) Now, Angel goes for a yearly checkup at Wolfram and Hart. That is an episode I want to see. (laughs) And further develops a hero complex as he he is told that he needs to watch his blood intake and maybe try a (laughs) low-fat alternative.
0: Oh my god, he would just be shattered by that. <laughs> He'd be doing all the buttons up then.
1: Oh, he? he would. No, you've got to double down, right? And go further down and be like, I'm still young and sexy.
0: I'm only 247 years young. Oh, I think the center of spooky and spicy is sad. Oh, it
1: is. <laughs> uh.
0: Because that's where Angel lives, it right? It is where
1: he lives. <laughs> and after having just lectured a man about not brooding too much, Angel starts moping around the office. Oh, jeez. Oh, poor me. Not a hero
0: anymore, I guess. <laughs> and everyone's like, "No, buddy. No, come on. You're you're a hero. Oh. Buck up,
1: pal. Sport <laughs> champ." <laughs> uh. Uh, yeah, Wes delivers his El Diablo Robotico line. Dear Wes, did you ever hear that the devil built a robot? El Diablo Robotico. Why? Nobody ever tells me anything. <laughs> Before counseling Angel, you know, maybe your heart's just, uh, it's not what he's looking for right now. Who knows? And Wes is very put out to hear that Angel no longer believes in the spirit of Christmas. <laughs> right. Sorry, I mean the Shanshu prophecy. <laughs>
0: Well, and so, like, as someone who has not watched the rest of this show, like, this prophecy, like, they're still bringing it up from the end of the first season because it's been relevant to a point since then. Like, ja, but in the first season, yeah, he I know, was like, a human. Like, you know, not that Angel's saying, oh, I need a reward for doing good. But, like, having an incentive is, like, a, it's a way to mm. keep you hopeful, right? Because you're working towards True. something and from wes's perspective angel seems to have given up on this thing that was driving him for no reason
1: okay see this this seems much more understandable now cuz up until now i really was like <laughs> sure as shooting, he's lost it he doesn't have the spirit anymore so
0: so wes is very hurt about this Shanshu thing as you said yeah. and then angel's like Prophecies are bullshit. The father will kill the son and Wes doesn't know what that means. Oh yeah. Because he forgot all of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because he doesn't know about Connor. So, Mm -hmm. like, and this is the point where I actually started to sympathize with Angel again in retrospect. There
1: you go. Yeah, yeah.
0: Here's Angel. You know, he has this son he should have never had. And, like, he failed that son basically at every turn. Yep. Not that he got a lot of opportunities to fix things. Because, again, Holtz was the master (laughs) of revenge so like he's got this thing that he was screwed over by this prophecy he lost his son he can't talk about it to anyone and people are like hey man we don't understand why you're so upset about this and like you can't tell us Uh,
1: and it's doubly painful coming from wes because yeah like wes was the one who heard this prophecy and then saw angel being like you're so cute i could just gobble you up and be like ah i need to remove that
0: yeah. And so him saying it, it like that to Wes, you're just like, mm. oh, shit. And but Wes is like, what does that mean? Yeah,
1: I've never heard of that in my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, right, Gov. what you talking about, man?
0: Everyone's yeah. Cockney.
1: In the grim, dark future, <laughs> everyone is Cockney.
0: Only the Cockney survive. Oh, no. <laughs> it's dark. Only it's the grim. Cockney
1: survive Brexit.
0: <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs>
1: spike thinks that the demon might be vulnerable in the heart region they're like we shot at a bunch in the armored plate it didn't work what could we possibly do spike very adroitly says well you know it's it's eating a bunch of people's hearts wouldn't it be poetic if its own heart was its weakness
0: and he's right that a lot of things tend to oh, work yeah. that way so Definitely. is this spike using his proficiency with poetry oh, to oh my the day? god
1: <laughs> He's multiclassed into Bard.
0: Into Bard, yes!
1: (laughs) As a a ghost, he's like, well, I'm not a very good fighter anymore.
0: (laughs) Better just give some inspiring speeches about how shit Angel is. (laughs) Uh,
1: There's no better spike than telling people to buck up because at least they aren't as shit as Angel. (laughs) (laughs) So
0: good. Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh.
1: So apparently this demon, I'm not going to try to say the name, it is nope. very Aztec, uh, it's searching Jeez for a Zeds. gold talisman that Numero Cinco has in his possession, and if it gets the talisman, it's going to be as powerful as the sun god, right?
0: Yeah. And, like, guns actually had a really good idea here. Like, hey, we work at the law firm where all of the evil contracts that have ever been made oh are recorded. Oh, my God, yes. Right? Let's go see if I can find the evil contract this guy probably made to have this power to come back i And sure, it'll here. be an
1: Aztec, but we've got a modern Who record cares? of it. And they do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or Wes can uh, read it because, yeah, yeah, he knows a bunch of languages and shit.
0: Oh, it's so very, good.
1: Very, very good. Very reasonable and a really nice background detail, actually. Yeah. Super yeah. like it. Um, Angel goes because who else is going to go to <sighs> talk to number five and try to defuse the situation? Why take everyone when you can just take Angel? You know,
0: yeah. He's got this under He's control. Like, hey
1: there, you better give me the amulet or you're gonna die. And number five's like, I fucking ate it, man. I know that I'm not a hero. It's not gonna want to take my heart, but it's gonna have to go inside me anyway. He fully wants
0: to die because he he wishes he had died with his brothers.
1: Well, and he's been setting out this shrine on Dia de los Muertos every year for his brothers to come visit. They never have. He's pretty sure it's because he sort of retreated. He didn't die heroically in battle with them. And then he signed up to work for Wolverine Hart. That too, yes. That was the big part, yeah. So yeah, yeah, indeed, the demon does show up and angel starts fighting it alone number five wants to die initially as angel is getting pasted a little bit number five jumps in there and shows that he is still a hero yeah starts to kick a bit of ass
0: doesn't go super great for him he does end up getting stabbed for sure unfortunate but
1: smearing the his own blood that he got you know from this heroic wound on the graves of his brothers, or on some other grave, whatever, does, in fact, do some good stuff, and they rise out of the ground, zombie-style, to kick some demon ass.
0: Yeah, like, I guess, they're they're pretty zombie-ish, but all of their clothing and masks are completely preserved. They're
1: definitely restored. Yeah. Like, their hands are fine. Yeah, they are restored by this action. But they very much, like, come
0: up out of the ground in a zombie fashion. yeah. Yeah. Um, And, I mean, they can't fight with just four of them. Angel's face when he realizes that they expect him to join in.
1: Oh, Angel just, like, so fundamentally misunderstands the concept of Andale that I can't fucking even. He's handed this bit of iron that they've ripped off of the gate and it's like on delay let's go let's kick this thing's ass and he's just like you probably got this and he watches them fight this thing in manner spectacular oh yes and i'm (laughs) like join the fuck in man they told you to do it do it for once and it takes them pinning this thing down and staking it through all four limbs before angel actually goes after it
0: Yeah, it's, like, I don't know how, like, is this episode saying that Angel is getting his heroicness back by, like, being in this fight? Because definitely number five regains his honor, so to speak. But, like, Angel really doesn't.
1: No, (laughs) I would come down hard and say that Angel does not redeem himself as a hero at the end of this. Maybe the show is trying to say something different, but it's not showing that.
0: Yeah. Like, the very, very end is him looking up the Shanshu prophecy for himself, which indicates, like, a rekindling right. of hope. And I think that's what it is. And I think that's exactly. maybe that's what it's it is, It's not that yeah. he
1: is yeah, yeah. a hero, it's that he believes in the power of heroism again. The demon is killed, yeah. number five tells Angel that he did not, in fact, swallow this talisman. He had it hidden in the coffee. And there is a really nice moment as the four, or the five brothers, now reunited, all disappear in front of this gravestone.
0: Oh, I was very yeah, choked It's, up, so, it's unexpectedly it really nice, nice.
1: for these five dead luchadors who just kicked demon ass to now be back together. Yeah,
0: And I just care so much more about number five than I ever will about Angel.
1: <laughs> oh, I can't really argue with that.
0: So, I mean, good job on that front Definitely.
1: show. Yeah. Then we wrap it up back at Wolfram and Hart. Angel tells the story of number five, tells them that he died a hero. And I, I love how concerned Fred is about number five the entire time. Like after, after <laughs> yeah. she hears the rumor that Angel attacked him, she's like, what did you do to number five? <laughs> and now she's like, he, he did regain his heroism, right? Like he died a hero at least. She's
0: Yeah. She really cares about this luchador (laughs) mailman from their
1: office. It it, it is very nice. And yes, the final thing is Angel looking up the Shanshu prophecy again to cap it all off. Yeah, that's our episode. Michaela, do you like this episode?
0: It was fine. Yeah. It was very Angel heavy. Yeah. And like, even though they made me care about the luchador, there was still a lot of episode that was, it's just pure wackiness. It's not doing anything for the rest of the season or the rest of the characters. Yep. It's just wacky.
1: <laughs> Highly agreed. And uh, you've got a 42-minute episode. It's hard to make it not feel flabby and rushed a lot of the time. Like, <laughs> Yet they've done it. <laughs> but like they, that's sort of the inclination is you want to take on enough to fill a 42-minute episode. But then you realize, oh, this is actually, we're going to need a few padding scenes. And then you're like, oh shit, all of the exposition was just written in in square brackets as some exposition. <laughs> So then yeah, you need to pack that good. in quickly and it just goes back and forth. Mm, yeah. I, I liked it. I'm glad that we got some explanation and exposition on the luchador mailman. He's a fun character. R.I.P. F. Etc. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. Meh. Uh, nah, it's like an 8.3 on IMDb and I think that's probably higher than it oh, should be. Oh, that's too high. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's definitely lower than that, like comparatively, on the um,
1: five ranking nine, nine. website. Yeah. yeah. Michaela, do we have a winner for this episode? It's Angel, right? Oh,
0: interesting. I was tempted to say Gun, because I felt like <gasps> Gun was just crushing it this episode. Gun is actually
1: much more of a winner than Angel is. It's true. Because Angel sort of like goes back to where he was three episodes ago, <laughs> before <laughs> he started this short descent into depression. Yeah. And Gun is just fucking killing it. He like started up an orphanage. He got a bunch of demonic societies shut down. He is very right about this contract sitch. Yeah, I support a gun win.
0: And Gunn's just like having such a good time and feeling so useful oh, man. in his job.
1: And he makes the point earlier on where, like, they are doing so much more good than they could before.
0: And, like, he can measurably see that in the things that he's doing with his time. Yeah. Which, like, is not something Angel can say.
1: basically yeah do we have a best outfit from the episode
0: it's not a lot of choice Is man just
1: hermanos i
0: think you know what yeah i i liked the numbers the, the way that they have them on the masks yeah. and just the fact that they were always wearing the masks <laughs> really like it really works for me
1: there's some good commitment there it's true yeah, yeah. um rose the thorn
0: uh yeah
1: i can go first with my rose
0: yeah yeah you go first
1: Sheer amount of luchador action. Uh, (laughs) Sure, it's a lot of it, but hey, you know what? I'm on board. It's fun.
0: Snappy one-liners from Spike. Yeah, yeah. I think is my rose cuz this is what Spike should be doing, right? <laughs> we don't really want him around, but we can't get rid of him yes. and he's calling our leader dumb names.
1: <laughs> See, that's very true and it gets at something a part of Spike's character that Buffy the Vampire Slayer struggled with. Because yeah, you've got season 3 where he's around and tied up most of the time, is that right? Season, or four. season 4. Season 4. Right. Yeah. But that is arguably where they knew best how to use Spike. Yeah. It's either season three where he's around and like is doing evil things, but then getting outclassed by Angel. Or (laughs) season four where he's just always around, but no one wants him there. Like season six Spike, season five Spike, especially where he's in love with Buffy and making a Buffy bot and... Uh, stealing pictures of her from the basement Ugh. that's a that's a bad spike, you know that's not the one we yeah. want we,
0: what we want is early season Cordelia right yes. because that is what all of these other characters are based on yes. it's that idea of like the neighbor that doesn't really like them <laughs> and is there just to comment on how what they're doing is stupid. <laughs>
1: It is a fun role. Uh, Yeah. uh, My thorn is the rushed exposition because it's heavily loaded into like two or three scenes where Fred has to say a lot of science. Wes has to be like, this is exactly (laughs) what we know is happening. And then they have to go away from there. You're like, okay, I guess. And it's
0: it's overload and then you just stop listening. Yeah, oh, exactly. Because you're like, oh, I don't care about this at all. No,
1: it took me like a minute and a half for me to be like, did they say something about a sun god? I... I actually tuned it out. Okay, yeah. The demon's going to be as powerful as one or is going to be one. Who fucking cares? Yeah.
0: I have a thorn that we have had before Mm. because at the end of the episode, you know, Angel's there. He's telling everyone about what happened. Except he's not because Lauren isn't there.
1: Oh, shit. I didn't even notice.
0: Why isn't he there? Yeah. There's no reason for him not to be in the scene. Like, Whatever. Don't give him any lines. I don't care. Just put him in the scene for God's sakes. Yeah. It's, been, it's the episode after that time that we realized, oh, we've been ignoring Lauren. Right. And you and I said to ourselves, gosh, I hope that they don't just have this one episode and then return to exactly what they've been doing before. And here and we are. Here we are. Yep. Yeah.
1: R.I.P. Lauren. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Jeez. Uh, it, it's so unfortunate. And the stuff that they're giving him to do is fun, but also like... All of the very topical, very inside LA, inside baseball references... I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't understand who you're talking about, if, if yeah. you're talking about someone in particular, but it really feels like you're angling for someone in particular, but I'm not living in 2003.
0: <laughs> so I don't know who it is. And I, <laughs> I
1: don't care that much about pop culture, so I've got no idea who you're talking about.
0: <laughs> and even in 2003, maybe you wouldn't have known. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, that's rough. We'll, we'll see what the rest of the season has in store for him, but... Again, R.I.P. Lorne, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there is no Teeks review for this episode, sadly. Shucks. There's a jocks or lives, but it's filled with a bunch of other stuff uh, and some silliness. Um, there are some interesting questions and observations. Uh, <laughs> apparently, the man who recruits number five from Wolfram, Wolfram and Hart is oh, yeah. Hollard Manners from season two. Holland. Holland Manor. sorry. Yeah, yeah. From season two, and I don't know who that is. He
0: was one of the higher-ups at Wolferman Hart. He was, like, mildly important, hmm. but, you know, not in a way where I ever felt the need to tell you about him, because he he did. Yeah,
1: yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, apparently, David Boreanaz's knees might be giving him some trouble. Uh, Angel is oh, visibly no. limping through a bit of this episode, which oh. may be explained away in-universe by him, you know, being a bit rough and tumble but maybe DB has some ACL trubs or something yeah well that's too bad it is anyway that is our episode I believe yeah Kayla what do we have coming up next time
0: No, no, no next time the next episode is called Lineage
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm just gonna read you this whole thing it's the end of it it's very silly Wesley's father comes for a visit with his father overseeing and critiquing everything he does his <laughs> old feelings of insecurity arise also Wolfram and Hart is besieged by robot ninjas <laughs>
1: What madman thought up that episode? Because it's so cliched in a number of ways, right? Like, has, has Wes, in the past four seasons been grappling with his identity in relation with his father?
0: Maybe in that episode where they're all 16 again, it comes up. But like, honestly, I don't remember. And at this point, he's so far past that insecure person he used to be. Like, you know, his grittiness started like somewhere in season three. So he's not going to be whining about his father at that point.
1: This this is strange and I'm not I don't want to condemn the episode before I've watched it but this is either a season 1 or in this very special case a season 3 episode. It's a season 1 episode because you're setting up the characters and sort of what what they're thinking about in the background. This is like or This is Buffy season three, right? Where we're just getting to know Wes. When we're Mm. just being introduced to this person, this is the sort of episode that we have that tells us a little bit more about them, explores how they react to a lot of pressure. Or it's an Angel season three episode where Wes is (laughs) taking on this grittier persona and then has his dad come and fuck it all up. And he's got to like grapple with wanting to be gritty but not wanting to be gritty because it's grittier to not want it and then his dad's there being like tuck in your fucking shirt i
0: will tell you that i don't remember much about this episode (laughs) but it is pretty highly rated
1: yeah i saw it had like an 8.7 on imdb i think
0: and i'm talking i went and looked just now at the other website yeah and like on there it's pretty highly rated
1: so again not condemning it it just feels like a weird time to have that take place i uh, will it we'll just depends what, what
0: they it depends what they want to say with that yeah, right that's yeah. true
1: but yeah uh very exciting especially that last <laughs> <laughs> what was it robot ninjas, robot
0: ninjas?
1: yeah that <laughs> that's enough that for means. me that'll do it yeah. <laughs> i might just carry me through who knows <laughs>
0: maybe that's it maybe that's the the draw
1: yeah <laughs> all right until next time, our listeners can find our pictures up on Facebook. They can email us, biavenu.hellmouth at gmail.com. And until next time, see, see you later, later alligator. alligator. Welcome to the
0: Hellmouth.
1: Hell no.
0: Hell Hell no. no.